Vo, 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 volo. This is the Volo Show, bringing you the most inspiring interviews, stories, and ways you can take action in your community with your host, Tony Fashano. Broadcasting live from Volunteer New York, a 501c3 not-for-profit organization in the heart of Terrytown, whose mission is to help community members get off the sidelines and volunteer locally. From Rockland to Putnam to Westchester, everyone can say Vo Vo Volo. Everyone can serve. And that's why it's time to shout, it's the Vo 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 Volo Show with your host, Tony Fashano. Welcome to the Volo Show. It's nice to meet you. My name is Tony Fashano, and I've had the privilege of being the Director of Communications for Volunteer New York over the last seven years. What you are about to hear in our first Volo Show podcast episode with Jeanette Gisbert, Volunteer New York's new Executive Director, was recorded back in March 2020, just days before the city of New Rochelle would be the first in the nation to declare quarantine. When the final months of our longtime and planned outgoing executive director, Elisa H. Keston, looked to be a time of business as usual. This was before Camp Volo was an idea or before anyone could imagine our 40th annual Volunteer Spirit Awards would be something we would ever do virtually. Before Zoom, before masks, before sourdough starter memes and Animal Crossing, Before I knew I would be one of the 5 million in the U.S. to test positive for the coronavirus or one of the lucky ones to survive it. Or before we knew we would be dropping everything at Volunteer New York to build out a massive COVID-19 virtual volunteer center to support the most vulnerable in our community and which has now been in operation for over 150 days. And now this has led us to connect over 35,000 volunteers this year and for us to be at the right place at the right time to support a 141% increase in local volunteerism since the pandemic started. And where over the last year, we would see volunteers contribute more than 362,000 hours of service valued at more than $11.5 million in value back to our community. Before any of that, I got to speak one-on-one with our new executive director, Jeanette Gisbert, as we discuss the past, but also as we look towards the future and all the big ideas and even bigger events we had in motion, like our year-long 70th anniversary campaign and our premier VNY 70 evening gala event that would have taken place already this July, but will now be taking place in October. So I welcome you to the Volo Show, and thank you for being a part of this new endeavor. And if you don't know, the word Volo is a portmanteau of volunteer and locally. It's this idea or call to action for volunteers who believe that they have the power to make a difference, that everyone can serve, that giving your time locally helps build safe, healthy, and resilient communities, And each positive action can help inspire others to be the change and make a spark. If you think you're a Volo volunteer, visit volunteernewyork.org to find hundreds of local ways to make a difference from throughout the lower Hudson Valley with fresh opportunities added weekly. So now that we got that out of the way and you know who our first guest is, let's jump back in time to March 2020 and let's start this show.
Across from me is Jeanette Gisbert, a name you probably know very well if you've been involved with Volunteer New York over the past 12 years. Good morning, Jeanette. Thank you for joining me this early, and thank you for being here. I, I hope you're excited for being our first guest. Good morning, Tony. I am so excited to be here. This is this is really special. Thank you. This is a chance to get to know a little bit more about you, as well as about how your 20 years of nonprofit experience have shaped your views on inspiring and managing volunteerism. Terrytown has become a popular hub, a destination here in our community. Having moved there uh, myself three years ago, I personally think it's great. But you grew up here, and what people may not realize is that Volunteer New York's headquarters is just a few miles away from where you lived. What's it like getting to work just basically down the street from where you grew up? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's one of the things that I'm really uh, excited about. I grew up uh, here in Terrytown. Uh, I was born in Yonkers, St. John's Riverside Hospital. And uh, I grew up here in, in Terrytown with my mom and my grandparents. I'm, I'm Westchester born and raised. It's really uh, one of the things that I have been thinking about as I think about my career and my journey. I've often thought about and reflected on how I can come back home and, and make a difference in the community where I was born and raised. So um, it's actually really, really special for me to be able to, um, as you said, uh, be able to come back uh, and make a difference right here where I was born. Do you have a favorite memory growing up here in uh, Terrytown? Oh my gosh. You know, Terrytown's a really special place. I mean, it's such... Um, such a community and um, I have lots of memories. I'm trying to think. So I think one of my favorite memories, and this is where the nerd in me will come out, is I used to often walk from my my house uh, right off of Main Street in Terrytown to the library after school uh, to do homework or to work on special projects. And, you know, back then you could easily walk down Broadway um, and often a favorite pit stop was the Baskin Robbins, which is no longer there. I was devastated when it closed. Another question for you. When you were growing up here, did you know Volunteer New York or the Volunteer Service Bureau of Westchester, which was our original name? Did you know that it existed back then? Do you remember when you first came across this organization? That is such a great question. So no, I didn't. You know, it's I've had a kind of an interesting journey kind of getting to this place uh, professionally. So I uh, went to school, I went to Boston College uh, and I majored in management. I thought that I wanted to be in business. My family um, is a family of entrepreneurs. They are Cuban immigrants who came to this country seeking opportunity and, uh, and a better life and saw building their own businesses as, as a pathway to, to create those opportunities for themselves and for their families. And so that was a seed that was instilled in me really kind of early on. And I thought I would kind of carry on the family tradition by going to school for business. And so I majored in accounting 
I went to work for a large accounting firm at the time and realized a year or so into it that it just that wasn't the contribution that I was really looking to make. And I realized that I wanted to figure out how to find that new path forward. And so I went back to the career center. I was still in Boston at the time. And this is a, such an example of the power of a mentor or the power of somebody that can kind of listen to you and hear what it is that you want to do and, and help you direct you where you need to be. I was chatting with a guidance counselor there, career counselor. She introduced me to this idea of AmeriCorps. Um, and I'd never heard of AmeriCorps. And she described it as the domestic version of the Peace Corps, which I was more familiar with at the time. She encouraged me to apply to this project in Boston that would kind of meld my business background with an opportunity to learn more about the community. And so, um, and so I did that. I, I left the accounting firm that I was working with and I spent a year in service as an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer. And it was really life-changing in that it opened my eyes to this whole world of organizations, this whole sector that was in the business of, of helping community. When I finished my year of AmeriCorps, I came home to New York. Um, I worked for a volunteer connector organization in the city um, called New York Cares. And it was actually only at New York Cares after a few years that I learned that there was a similar organization here in Westchester. And I have very vivid memories of you know being there after a couple of years and saying, I want to be able to do this work at home. And, and that's when I started to, to hash an evil plan of figuring out how to, how to get home eventually. Part of your story in New York Cares that you shared in the past is that you were working there in the city on September 11th, 2001. In some ways, it has influenced your approach to volunteer management, as well as working with and appreciating first responders and some of the goals you put into place at Volunteer New York. What was it like working for a volunteer connector agency on September 11th in New York City? When I think about 9-11, I think about well, a couple things. One, I was actually not in the office that day. I was doing a training with a colleague uh, at the MBA, a training on training corporate citizens, uh, corporate leaders in corporate citizenship. We, when the first plane hit, nobody thought that it was a terrorist attack. Uh, we thought that it was this terrible, horrific accident. And so once we kind of did a pulse check with the group, we actually kept going with this training and then kind of realized a little further into it, kind of really what was happening. New York Cares at the time had a policy where you had to literally on a whiteboard kind of write out if you were going to be in or out of the office so that the, the front desk person would know um, kind of who was gonna be in and out. And, and Brian and I, my colleague, uh, both had forgotten to kind of sign out the day before. When we realized kind of what was happening, we both called the office. It took us a little while to get through. And finally, when we did, Sandy, the receptionist, was was kind of very upset with us and nobody knew where we were. And so, so that was kind of a personal moment. But subsequently, you know, I think that when you look at 9-11 in the history of New York Cares, it was a real turning point in how 
it leverage technology, especially to kind of harness this volunteer power in support of, of what had happened. Before then, uh, New York Cares didn't have volunteer online volunteer sign up. You had to do it via email or you had to call somebody. It had a very kind of minimal role in disaster response and that, you know, kind of really changed after that. So it was a real turning point in in how New York Cares delivered its mission. And, you know, hindsight, you know, almost 20 years later, I think that it was a very tragic and devastating time as a city and as a country. And also, it was this example, a real tangible moment that you could look to and point to and say, um, you know, people really came together in support of community, in support of helping each other. That is the spirit that those that fought to and advocated for making uh, 9-11 Day, a national day of service and remembrance, that's the spirit that they want people to remember. It was communities coming together in support of healing and in support of of turning something that was really tragic and dark and sad into something that that wasn't. So our listeners know you are also the one largely responsible for the fact Volunteer New York now hosts two National Day of Service events each year, MLK Day and 9-11 Serve and Remember, which over the last 10 years have become part of who we are here at Volunteer New York but have also become part of the the culture of our community, uh, mobilizing thousands in service each year and creating this sense of unity and a, a safe space where people can come together to do something really positive. Where did this idea come from to create these uh, community-wide action days? So I've been at Volunteer New York for 12 years. I started, was asked to build uh, its corporate programming. So realizing that there were lots of local companies who wanted to get more involved in the community via mobilizing their employees in service. And so, you know, that was kind of my first project here at Volunteer New York. And over time, you know, while the database and the connecting that we do is so important and so critical, we realized that there might be opportunities by connecting to these larger clarion calls to service and making it easy for people to to connect around these one-day service events in, in the hopes that we are inspiring them to, to take action year-round and also to educate them about what some of their community needs are. And so uh, for for us, these community-wide days of service were really these calls to action, uh, ways to build Volunteer New York's visibility so that people know that we are this really great and unique local resource in the community, in their community, and also giving them information about how they can uh, give back to their community year-round. Early on in your career at Volunteer New York, you participated in our signature leadership development program, Leadership Westchester. Similar to our outgoing executive director, Elisa Keston, and her experience, 
she went through Leadership Westchester before becoming more familiar with Volunteer New York. And she credits Leadership Westchester with changing her life, especially now as our incoming executive director. Can you share how this program has changed or impacted your life and may have led to this very moment? Sure. So Leadership Westchester is such a a special program and you know yourself because you are a graduate as well. Um, It's a real special opportunity to spend time uh, reflecting on your own personal mission and and vision and how you want to give back to the community. I think Leadership Westchester allowed me the opportunity to, at a time of transition, because as you said, I did Leadership Westchester quite early uh, in my time here at Volunteer New York um, to kind of figure out what my future path or what what I wanted my journey to, to look like. But if I'm being really honest, and I think hopefully one of the things that people will get to know about me is that I I try to be my authentic self and be really honest uh, and direct and transparent. I think for me, the thing that I am most grateful for because of the Leadership Westchester experience is is the group, the other participants that I went through Leadership Westchester with. They are people who are huge supporters of me and of Volunteer New York. Sure. And I think that most people outside the program don't just don't realize how close each class is to each other. And that's that's really half the program right there. Is I did Leadership Westchester 11 years ago. And one of the folks, uh, I've been making some phone calls um, in anticipation of the news of my selection as executive director. And, and one of the folks I called is a gentleman that was in the class with me. He later became a volunteer New York board chair. I gave him a call and he was so thrilled and so happy and you know, so grateful to have had that experience with him. So over these past 12 years, um, can you speak about how, as an organization, we've changed? I'm really happy to say that Volunteer New York hasn't changed. You know, Volunteer New York was created 70 years ago because somebody saw a need to be more efficient in how people who wanted to give back connected with opportunities in their community. I'm really happy to say that at the core, that's the that's still the core of our mission. And about 10 years ago, we did a very kind of deep strategic planning process where we asked ourselves, is there still a role for that, you know, for an organization like us in the community? And we spoke with stakeholders and thought leaders. And the answer was yes. Because at the end of the day, there's very few things, I think, as powerful and as impactful as, as connecting to build stronger, more resilient community. I think our core work is still the same, but I'm also really pleased to say that we are nimble enough um, and, and, and can think creatively and innovative enough to, to recognize that communities change and community needs change. The the volunteer landscape changes and we need to be able to meet people kind of where they are and to, and to get people to where they're most needed. And so whether that's a program related to board service and all the benefits that happen related to that, really just kind of listening to what our communities say they need, being strategic and intentional about how we harness people power uh, to meet those needs. I think that's how, that's how we that's how we change is we are always aware of what our needs are in the community. 
over the past 12 years, do you, do you have a favorite memory working with Volunteer New York or at Volunteer New York? Wow. I'm not going to point to one uh, memory. I will say that the thing that kind of speaks to me and always kind of bubbles up to me is the culture that we've built here at Volunteer New York. I think that it's really special. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, data and research, you know, books and, and articles about the importance of focusing on your people in order to support positive organizations, as well as, you know, getting the right people on your bus. You know, Danny Myers from the Shake Shack talks about how his number one priority is not the customer, it's actually his employees. And if his employees are happy, then his customers will be happy. And I think that that has happened here at Volunteer New York. Our people are our greatest asset in terms of, of being able to accomplish our mission. And I think that that's not always the case in many businesses and we're, and we're a business just like any other organization, right? And so to me, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to, to come to work every day with a group of people who are kind and are passionate and are talented and are smart. Those are things that, you know, kind of give me energy every day, really. Wow. So it sounds like Volunteer New York's a pretty uh, rad place to work. <laughs> You brought up two points. So you brought up data and you brought up that we're just like any other business. So could you speak a little bit to how the role of data will play in the future of Volunteer New York? How might we start looking at that a little differently? Well, I think we're already doing it. So we recently adopted a strategic plan that has a focus on retention, volunteer retention. So, you know, we recognize that it's not enough to continue to get people into our pipeline. We want to figure out how we get more people to take action. How do we get them to take one action? And then how do we get them to take more than one action? Part of the great work that that you're doing in the, from a communications lens is looking at data. I think that every nonprofit has become and will need to continue to, to remain data-driven and making kind of data-informed decisions so that we continue to be really uh, you know strong stewards of, of the resources that people give us in support of our mission. And that is just like any other business. The nonprofit sector is a very large employer sector here in Westchester. I think data plays a role in any business and nonprofits are businesses. Uh, we have the same issues and challenges of any for-profit business, except we have a double bottom line. We have to accomplish our mission and, and talk about the stories and the impact that we're having, as well as we need to be able to recruit talent uh, and, and retain talent, keep the lights, you know, the lights on and pay rent. I think that that's something that's really important for people to, to remember. But we think the two, you know, data will help us ensure our sustainability as a world-class nonprofit. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. If you're a community member who would like to publicly thank a volunteer who has made a positive impact in your life and you would be interested in being on the Bolo Show, please reach out on our contact page at volunteernewyork.org. Stay tuned for part two of this interview with Jeanette Gisbert on the next edition of the Bolo Show. And remember, community has not been canceled. We can help connect you and you can make a difference. 
but only if you raise your hand and get off the sidelines. All right, all. That's my time. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Vo, 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 Volo Show with your host, Tony Fashano. Broadcasted live from Volunteer, New York, a 501c3 not-for-profit organization in the heart of Terrytown. If this episode has inspired you to learn more or take action, great. Visit volunteernewyork.org to find out how. Now it's your chance to say vo, 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 volo.